Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another reality podcast recorded from the beautiful state of Georgia, from me and my fiance, Corey. Josh is, of course, in Pennsylvania, but we have traveled across the country to visit my brother, and he's in Georgia. But we're going to be recapping the challenge, Double Agents, and the first episode of the challenge, All Stars. We're very excited for that this week. Of course, introducing my fantastic co-host, as always, is my beautiful fiance. You can find her on Twitter at Corey underscore Kazan, C-R-I underscore K-R-Z-A-N. And of course, it is our fantastic, smart reality um, TV analyst. It is Josh Green. You can find him on Twitter at Josh Green 321. Everybody, how are we doing? Corey and I are pretty exhausted. We just drove uh, 11 hours. Um, we're pretty tired. You're like Big T being woken up by CT to work out at, at 5 in the morning. In the morning. Yes, exactly. For the final. Exactly. Yes, exactly. But- and you know, going off that, um, <laughs> I just want to call out that number one, Big T, if you're listening to this, girlfriend, I applaud you for not wearing a bra because same. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I said to Austin during the episode, I was like, is she wearing not a like, no bra? And he goes, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was funny, but um, yeah, Big T working her butt off. Unfortunately, a rough episode for her, but we're gonna get into it. Um, I do want to say we we watched the OGs, um, the OG episode this morning at like four thirty in the morning when we uh, first left. Um, we really enjoyed it. We're looking forward to recapping the season. However, Josh is going to be joined by John, who was on a, f- a former episode, um, and he later in the episode to recap the challenge All Stars. Um, that is streaming on Paramount Plus. Make sure you guys check it out. But Josh will be recapping that without Corey and I. Um, later in the episode. So with that said, um, we're going to dive into the latest episode of the Challenge Double Agents. It was only an hour episode, uh, but we got a lot to unpack. So Ooh. yeah, I know. Two hour episodes in the same season. It's killing me. But, two one hour. Yeah. Back to back. <clears throat> right? Back no, to I think back? it was two of the last three were an hour. I'm going to press a lot of fans by saying this, <clears throat> but if Polly and Cara were on the show, there would be zero one-hour episodes. I agree. Because the they would be serving us every week, okay? I'm just going to leave that there. The drama would be insane. I, I mean, I agree. I know people don't like them, but they do make good TV. Yeah, especially and this we like the them here. We like yeah. them here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we get them on the pod. Yeah, we, we enjoy Polly and, and Carl. Absolutely. would love to see him back. Even the man named after a goddamn fruit had one-hour episodes last season that he won. So... Mm-hmm. Cara and Polly, I think they would be having hour-and-a-half episodes, two-hour episodes. Mm -hmm. But let's dive into this episode of Double Agents like they dove into those steel balls for the daily. Let's go, baby. Oh, okay. That's true. There was some diving going on there. Yeah. I mean, slipping, spilling, the whole whole shebang. Um, (laughs) 
we get off the top. Uh, Amber Borzotra says that uh, Casey's the only person in the game that she can trust. Um, we have heard this song and dance. Uh, a lot of people trust Casey in these games in Big Brother. Last season in Total Madness, Bailey thought the same thing. Um, and uh, I thought the scene was, like, very telling that, like, Casey was going to uh, abandon her or vote against her. And it ended up happening. Um, Austin, like we, we, Austin called out when we were watching the episode. He's like, yeah. that's foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, they do it every episode. Yeah. They'll sh- you, you notice it, too. They'll, they'll, sh- they'll show something in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Of someone going, oh, I trust this person, or I'm really getting along with this person, and then by the end of the episode, and it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and it'll come first circle. It happens every episode this season, at least. Every episode, um, we got CT working out with Big T very early in the morning, like we alluded to. They're doing all these different circuits, and <laughs> Big T says, "Oh, that was a good workout," and CT turns there and says, "Yeah, that was just the warm up." <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I think we've all been there before during a workout where it's like, I'll never forget the one time I went to, this was maybe like a year ago. I went to a yoga class. They told me it was going to be like a Zen yoga class. And I was like, this is great. You know, really kind of get in, get in the mood. It ended up being like a hot yoga class, but it was like a fast pace. So I was using weights and there I am like pulsing like with these weights and I'm like sweating my butt off in like this hundred degree room. And I'm like, this is not what I imagined. This is very, very far off of what I imagined. (laughs) Far off. It's not what I signed up for. The whole deal. I I feel you there. Uh, We get the green lights early in the morning. We're talking you know, Nani's in slippers, Casey Clark's getting breakfast out of the breakfast tray. Nobody's ready for the mission. Oh, yeah. Nani's got her whole face with the green face mask on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, they are, uh, they're getting ready to, they go to the daily and. They're all expecting like the final to show up on the thing. And instead it's another chance. I mean, TJ's making it seem like we're never going to get to the final. Nope, it's just going to be dailies. The yep, whole that's it. That's it. Daily, 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 and uh, there, there's all these steel balls everywhere, and they got to roll over uh, different little ramps and targets. Uh, and the team that rolls over the most uh, wins the daily. Uh, Austin, what did you make of this one? Uh, did you like it? Was it was it fun for you? I, I was not a big fan of this one, but. Um, you know, there's, there's not a ton to do with so little teams in the game, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't really like this one. Um, just because like you have so many alliances. So when you have them playing defense, um, you know, it's gonna, um, like, so when you have, like, you have so many alliances, so you're bound to have like an alliance member on offense and alliance member on defense, and they're going to help each other out. So it's really kind of just in my opinion, a waste. Um, we saw this got super close, which was great, but ultimately, yeah, this challenge was a waste. You need to start doing it, like the team individual times. You can't be doing teams against teams because it's just going to be everybody ganging up on CT or Kyle's team every time. Exactly. exactly. And that was why we really liked the swimming one uh, that Kyle and Anissa won a couple weeks ago was because mm-hmm. it was individual. It was time. There was no component of like, let's gang up on one person or the partnership it was perfect. That's. I mean, you know. we literally had that 
had a very similar challenge at the beginning of the season. If we remember back with Wes and Natalie, um, when they were partners, this was like what week one, week two or something. And it was the the ice block challenge. Yeah. And everybody was going for them. And so it's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's the crappy thing where the alliance helps you out. But if you're not on the right side of the numbers, then it's a double-edged sword and you're getting stabbed in the back. Well, yeah. And we see the alliances get into play right away. Leroy and Casey are rolling around this thing like they're two like, gigantic, strong – the people that they are – two strong uh, challengers just pushing this thing like no other. Nobody's stopping them. There's no one on defense even going near them because uh, Kyle and Amber B can't stop all three teams at the same time. Um, so, I mean, there was a little bit of well, – Let me see Fessy right off the bat. Fessy, like, not being able to work with someone who can't – who isn't on his level Nani. again. It's just a tough scene. Come on, Fessy not being a good teammate. That that doesn't sound like him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he got the wrong Fessy, but we Yeah, he's just really shy. Okay, you guys. God, he's just he's just an introvert. <laughs> you know, he's just an introvert. He's just been making out okay this season. He hasn't been good. Um he hasn't been great this season, but we'll see that uh for now and table it. Messy uh, Fessy. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> it does, like we've alluded to, it seems that, you know, CT and Big T, Kyle and Amber B were screwed in this daily. They weren't going to have a shot, but I will give it off to Kyle, Kyle and Amber B. They really had a good effort, and uh, they really did put a much better uh, – they did a lot more than I thought they were going to. So they definitely deserve – you know, some kudos for that. And, you know, to no one's surprise, in Heat 1, uh, Leroy and Casey keep killing it. Um, but Nani and Fessy, I mean, Fessy, we give him a lot of shit around here, but he was pushing that ball like it was a pencil. And <laughs> they, they would just... He was writing an essay. <laughs> they would just roll one over, the smoke would fly up, roll one over. Nani's, like, doing eight the tumbles <laughs> the thing. Fessy doesn't even care. He's just stepping on her, like d- running over her. He doesn't even care. Doesn't even care. And I love they cut to uh they cut to Nani and confessional, and she's like, "Yeah, Fessy, you need to calm down. I don't want to break a bone before the final." <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like the girl's got a point. Like this dude, all he does is lift. So this is everything for him. Just pushing this cage, like. This is easy. This is light work for him. <laughs> like, hey, this is where his testosterone shines, Josh. Okay. For real. Honestly. And then <laughs> he, um, Fessy and Nani and CT and Big T are the two defensive teams in Heat 2. And this is where I didn't love this challenge. TJ gets to tell us that um, – Casey and Leroy get to pick the order and they also get to pick the team that goes twice for which is so dumb again because obviously they're gonna pick themselves like there's don't even they get to use the best score so you're right of course Austin they're gonna pick themselves who else would they pick um and on their second turn it's like people forgot they were even in the game well they didn't try yeah because at that point Cam's team was like boxing out CT in, in game one. So CT just wanted to box out Cam the whole time and then vice versa with the other two teams. So it was just Leroy and Casey, you know, full speed ahead for the whole time. 
Yeah. So they're they're wide open, and it does end up being close. But Casey and Leroy, for the fifth time this season, win wow. double agents. Uh, they are far and away. I I think if anyone was confused, they're far and away the best team, and they're going to win a million dollars unless next week's elimination changes things up. Um, but they are the best team. Yeah. They're the best. They they they're they're the most secure politically. They work the best together very clearly. Um and they have been running this game uh ever since pretty much Casey got her gold skull. Mm-hmm. They they've been dominant. Um so it's been it's in my opinion it's their game to lose unless one of the guys goes down and takes Casey. Uh, right before the final. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Is that how you look at it as well? Yeah, I, you know, throughout the season, we talked a little bit earlier kind of about how the season foreshadows. We've seen a few instances, a few scenes where Leroy says he really enjoys working with Casey. And Casey has said that she really enjoys working with Leroy. And so, with all of that knowledge, with all of that information <laughs> given to us, part of me really does think that they will get split up or they might, it might be a case where we've talked about this before. They might go into the final thinking that this is going to be a pairs, you know, well, this is going to be a pairs solo. thing yeah, and agree. it might just be total individual. Yeah. There's no, there's no, not even, you know, legs that you have to compete with, a, like, you know, compete with a partner or anything like that. It might just be completely solely individual. So it, it really is kind of up in the air at this point, but I do, I do think they work very well together, Leroy and Casey, but I do see them being split up right before the final or their dreams kind of being crushed and it being like a solo individual final. And this take is so cold that it deserves to be with the ice cream in the supermarket, but Leroy has not worked better with a partner in his challenge career than Casey. I know he says it on the show, but we're all huge challenge fans. Leroy has had plenty of partners. He's made it to multiple finals. He has been working the best with Casey. They, they've been doing amazing in every aspect of the game. I most think this time, is Leroy's best season. Yeah, because most of the time he'll make a – make a mistake politically uh-huh. or he'll attach himself to bananas too much and not talk to other people. But this season, everything has been centered around him and Cam and he has been dominating every aspect of this game. And I mean, he even like, we know that Leroy isn't a strong swimmer either. And he literally took swimming lessons before going into this season. Like, obviously he's taking this very seriously. And I think we all see that. Um, But I really do think him and Casey are the most well-rounded team that you're going to get right now. Yeah. Yeah. If they run this together, I mean, even if you were to think of like possible other pairs, depending on how next week goes, um, I I really, the only team that's close to them is Corey and Cam. uh, And I I still give the edge to, um, to, uh, um, I still give the edge to uh, Leroy and Casey, but it's going to be a good final. We're looking forward to it. 
when whenever that is. Yeah, whenever it happens. I mean, who knows? Leroy, Casey, and Leroy could go home next week. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the final day or the final uh, elimination? Maybe we'll get a purge. Who knows? Yes, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> maybe there will be a purge. Um, so we are back at the igloo, and um, there, you know, everyone's a little excited and they're talking about possibly tying the vote because it hasn't been done yet this season they don't know what would happen if they tied the vote up and i don't know either i don't know if they would uh you know just make someone draw rocks like they did in the old days um or flip cards you know i don't know how they would go about who would end up going in in a tie vote uh, situation, but did you guys think that there was a chance this was going to be a tie, or did you think someone would flip to the other side? You know, I kind of figured regardless that people would have their targets really kind of set on like Amber B and Kyle, um, just because out of all the teams that are left, they are the most unsecure. They do not have a very, I mean, yes, Amber is aligned with like the big brother people, but with where they're at right now in the game, she's going to be the first one that they would be willing to pick off in a sense because she's the newest one, you know, like I get that she's working with them, but at the same time, these people already worked with each other for a season, you know, and they already kind of have that relationship under their belt. So I wonder if that deterred amber at all well in a hundred percent did and let's this is a great part to talk about it because amber and kyle do get the house vote but there is no even if it was c team big t for the house vote amber and kyle are still going to go in no matter what leroy is not going to vote for nani they Mm -hmm. like it's well documented they were on the same real world season together Leroy will never turn his back on Nani. So, and he's certainly not going to vote in Cam. So, the only two other teams are Big T and CT and Amber and Kyle. That was all it was going to be. And Casey was not going to be able, she's not going to disagree with her partner at this point in the game. So, I think Amber B was in, she has talked about since the season. She said that um, she's alluded to the fact that she lost someone in her family a couple weeks before the game started, um, and it was very difficult for her to make the decision to come on the show. So I think she was in a rough space mentally and emotionally. Um, But at the same time, like, you know Leroy's number one and number two. One's his girlfriend that he just moved in with. The other's like a sister. So... (laughs) You're you're obviously getting voted in every time. You can't think you're that special. No. No. I mean, he's done how many seasons with Nani? And you're never over a loved one. Like, you're not getting safety over Cam. So the deliberation is pretty funny, though, with uh, when CT and Kyle say that they want to, like, start a fight. And then CT basically just folds and says uh, – yeah, um, I'd rather Kyle be the house vote and <laughs> then flips on Kyle and votes him in. 
it was just I wanted them to fight just to have some sort of fun in the episode, but they didn't. So what are you going to do? And uh, we are able to see here that CT and Big T and Amber and Big T are all down there. I was thinking it was going to be guys day. I did too. On a hall brawl. And I thought it would be CT going down the hall against Kyle. We all know Kyle has done a hall brawl before. Um, And I I honestly thought it could have been close between those two. I really did. Um, I think it would have been a much better matchup, a lot more fun for us to enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, CT against Kyle. Well, CT would have steamrolled him, but for real. And CT is older, so if Kyle found a way to get around him after the first hit, uh, I think there could have been a chance, potentially. But um, unfortunately, it's a girls' day, uh, and we say unfortunately because we love Big T, and this was very sad. Um, After Big T has had such an amazing season, I think it's extremely fair to say if you were to pick five people on this season – she is one of the five. When we look back on double agents, you're going to remember Big T as a top five. This is including like men and women put together. She she carried episodes. Some of my favorite moments. She did really care. She carried a lot of the season. This was a pivotal season for her. Some of my favorite moments of this season all involved Big T. Like show me the mean face. Uh, the the, VIP in the, in the lounge. Yeah. I mean, like she had so many good moments uh, when she went off on CT, like that's going to be something people remember. And then they reunite CT and big T's uh, pairing is going to be one of the best pairings that we've seen. This is CT's coming out or big T's coming out. CT really brought the best out of her and then CT messed up. And then he re, you know, in CT's own way, he apologized and they rekindled everything, which was awesome. I just I wish heading into this tall brawl she kept replaying in her head this is why I left you because the way she hit big the way she hit CT when CT said this is why I left you she needed that kind of hit yeah. on Amber B and also I hate to admit it but Amber B is a beast she is no she you got to give credit to the girl this is her second hall brawl win uh, she's two and zero in eliminations as a rookie um, I mean honestly the elimination was pretty simple. Uh, Amber B wins both rounds and um, Big T did put up a more, more of a fight than Amber M did uh, when Amber B had to go against Amber M. Um, But I I really, like we said, I think Big T had a very, very strong season. I think she did a phenomenal job. And um, what do you think, um, Corey and Austin, what do you think for these two? Because I think it's safe to say they're both going to, be on the next season and more in the future. What do you think the fallout, if any, is with Big T and CT? Or are they going to be on good terms? No, they'll be fine. Oh, my God. Big T loves CT, um, especially after they rekindled everything. They missed each other. B- Big T was upset, and rightfully so, the way that CT left. But he, you could tell he didn't mean that. And I think after watching, re-watching this episode, Big T realized – ultimately how bad CT really did feel and how much respect CT has for big T and they're, they're going to be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if before next season, they're working out together and they're working out together on next season. Um, they're going to, 
CT's going to make sure that she's right, and he's going to get her, her at least into a final. Corey, how about you? I sure heck hope so. She deserves it. I, I, was, I, mean, I honestly really thought she was going to go to this final. I'm really surprised she went home. It's, it's very interesting to me because I feel like in the past we've seen Wes really kind of take like a fatherly mentor role. Mm-hmm. Um, Most of the rookies. R- right. Um, because he has nobody else. <laughs> well, Love you, Wes. I totally get that. <laughs> like totally get that too. But I think Wes, when he does that, he also makes very great players. Yeah. And I think – I hate to say it, but I think some of the greatest players, like some of the greats who've played this game, they've had, they've created these connections with these existing players. And that is kind of what allows them to excel farther in this game by making those connections, but also those relationships. And I like, after, you know, speaking with Big T, she is an incredible, amazing really genuine sweet person i can see her in ct maybe it's probably going to be at the reunion show like let's be real like i imagine there's going to be something where they're going to have like a little sit down we'll kind of air some grievances kind of just say you know why they felt certain ways especially after re-watching the season because you never know what how they're going to edit it you know you never you never know what they're going to put in you never know what line they're going to choose from which conversation. And so, yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a conversation to be had, but I would love to see them, you know, work together in an alliance in the future. And, you know, we've seen where CT, he does look to the past. Uh, you know, he, in his future games, like the perfect example, the beginning of the season, He's looking for Tori. That's the first name he says. And the reason he's looking for Tori is because he ran the Dirty 30 final with Tori. He knows how Tori can compete. He just saw Big T do far better than anybody expected her to do on a season. And I'm, I believe that he will help her. And also, he needs to remember, regardless of how big-headed he is, he needs to remember that if it weren't for Big T, he would have been gone because it was Big T's social connections and political play that kept them in the game. And he just had to follow her lead on where to vote. But nobody wanted to play with CT after day one. No. So um, I, I think he should definitely try and work with her in the future. Uh, we love them as a pair, and I think they'll be able to get over – the problems they had for those episode or two. We get the the fun part of the elimination at the end of the episode. Amber B, is she going to stay with Kyle? Is she going to take CT? Or is she going to infiltrate or steal? And I, like this, this to me was just a lot of crazy moves here, in my opinion. We get Amber B infiltrating Fessy. And to start here, I thought she should have taken CT for her game. I thought she should have taken CT. Um, or I apologize. No, I think she made the right move with Fessy because of the numbers and everything. You know, she's on the outs. But now, I think she wanted to keep herself safe. Right. But now what's Big Brother going to do? Vote her and – you know what I and mean? And Fessy in? Exactly. So I think she made the right move there. But what was insane to me – 
is when TJ calls on Nani, and I know you both also felt this way. TJ calls on Nani and says, Nani, who do you want as your partner, Kyle or CT? And the boys know. They know whoever's not getting picked is probably going to the final because they probably think it's going to be four teams in the final and not three. And, uh, I mean, at least that's how I feel. And Nani picks Kyle to be her partner, leaving three-time champ Christopher Tamburulo in the game as a rogue agent who can't be voted into elimination next week. What was she thinking? What was she thinking? Like, that guarantees if Nani and Kyle don't win next week, Kyle's going in. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and if Nani's going to be in the elimination. Well, it was a girl's. Oh, that's week. right. So it'll be Kyle. But, regardless, but that's the thing, though. Like, Well, but she was doing that because also Nani didn't want to give Kyle a free shot to the final. So, but by doing that, she sent CT to the final. Yeah, but I'd rather give Kyle the free shot to the final than CT. Yeah, but Nani was like, I don't like Kyle. You know, they don't get along. So she didn't want to give him a free chance, which in the moment you understand, but in the long run, it's petty and it's not smart. To me, it's a combination of two things. This is one, the relationship of Nani and CT. It may mm-hmm. not be aired on the show, but they're, Thank both, you. they're both from Florida. I've <laughs> seen that they've hung out at things in the past. And they've been on MTV for a long time. So they inevitably hang out. That's yeah. one. And two, um, Nani does not think with this. She thinks with this. She thinks with her heart all the time. So Nani that, wanted a good partner back. Yeah. That's I, all I, she wanted. I, I really didn't. Uh, I did not think it was a great move on, uh, on that behalf. Um, we did go over the, you know, the strongest pairs heading into this. Um, you guys think it's going to be four pairs? You think we're we're heading to the final after next episode? Four I guys sure as heck go. hope so. <laughs> That's what I, I'm going to say. I think it's got to be. We have 20 episodes in the season. I think next one is 17. So I think it's going to be either a two-episode final and one reunion or one final and two reunion, something like that. Yeah, I would judging that we're in Iceland, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that the final will probably be it I'm just gonna say this, it should be an overnight. Like it there Ooh. should be some sort of overnight portion. Um, please give me more MTV. That's all I'm no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I do think I'm hoping that the final split into two. I like when the final split into two because I feel like we get more context around the legs that they're completing in the final as well as kind of the mishaps that happen but also kind of you know showing that underdog story if there is going to be one but yeah i think i think after next week's episode we head into the final with three teams or six players oh so you don't think it's going to be four because we have I think we're going to lose a whole team next week. Yeah. No, I think it's the elimination is going to be a whole team. I hope oh. it's a whole team. Okay. I'd really like to see it. And I plus it would even it out. We'll see. So I think you see a whole team. 
Okay. Hot take. Hot take to end the the challenge uh, to end the challenge recap there. But uh, as always, great recap there. Um, TJ says he that. surprises us. Yeah, and TJ's always throwing twists at us, especially this season. But um, lots of stuff. We're getting, I'm really excited for the as we gear up for the final. The challenge final is always great. But now it's time to get into the All Star um, recap. Josh is going to take it away with his buddy John. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, everybody. I do not have a size 15 shoe, but what I do have for you is a wonderful guest to recap episode one of the Challenge All-Stars, Legends Never Die. Please welcome John Schneider to the podcast. John, how's it going? Thanks for coming back and filling in for Austin and Corey. Josh, does this make me an all-star now that you have me back on the podcast? Am I am I, am I officially an all-star? You're officially an all-star. You know, you're you're a returning player. Uh, you're you're big time. You're a game changer. Any title you want, uh, you can have. I don't know if you want game changer, but you're an all-star. In my yeah, I feel like I feel like the game changer name has been soiled a little bit. But uh, thank you for having me. Thank you to Austin and Corey, uh, even though they're not here. Um, it's great to talk with you, Josh. We had such a fun conversation about double agents, and I am so excited to talk about all stars, which is seems like a completely different game, but one that will be just as fun to analyze. So I can't wait to break it down with you. I mean, we. I know. Just in the short time I talked to Austin and Corey, because they're visiting family, we were just so excited seeing all the clips, seeing everybody move into the house. Every little thing was just so exciting, seeing these people back on our TV, um, and it was awesome. And they, the episode is very fitting. Legends don't die. They're back, and uh, this is going to be an amazing season, and... I think the best way to start this off, um, you know, we do have some listeners who are not completely familiar with the older cast, people who've been removed from the show for a while now. Um, so I, I wanted to, you know, each of us take some time and talk about two male and two female uh, competitors that we're really stoked to see back, talk about them a little bit and then uh, move into the episode after that. So, John, who are you really excited is back uh, on this season? So I feel like you can't have this conversation about this season without Mark Long. Uh, to me, from everything I remember from back in the day and then going back and catching up on old seasons, he is probably like one of the original pillars of this show in the first place when the real world and road rules came together to do these challenges. Everybody knew Mark Long's name. He had a presence about him. Different people on the shows dated him and, and he was just a very big deal in the community and on these shows. So much so that during different challenges, like when you would go back and watch there, you know, no one would ever bring up the possibility of getting rid of Mark because they knew that if you had Mark on your team, you had a great chance to win a challenge. And I believe, you know, going through his history with the show, he retired, you know, several times and came back and he was always somewhat involved. But, you know, him being here, I don't think you can have an OG season of the challenge without someone like Mark Long. So I was really excited to see him and just know like, you know, right away we see in, in those like deliberations, you know, no one's going to talk about Mark because no one's touching Mark. And first of all, uh, th this whole season does not happen without Mark. Um, this was, this is a perfect example of one plus one plus one. And Mark, this whole thing started with a tweet 
and it took off. They pitched it to Boonham Murray. Um, this thing had 5 million views in just a short trailer because of what Mark started. Um, so I 100% agree with you. You can't have an OG all-star season without the Godfather, without Mark Long. Yeah, and I feel like there's just like, it's such a sentimental thing. You know, if he ends up winning this season of the challenge, I know he is a, maybe an executive producer on this, I, I think I read, but so there may be some people like crying foul if he were to win, but I'm sure that for sentimental reasons, I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing him go far and being, you know, very involved. And, you know, he's the type of person that if you love the old school if you love the original challenges when you go and you watch these episodes you're going to see mark you know bringing back the style of play that happened back then and i think we saw a little bit of that in this episode which i'm sure we're going to get to yeah certainly in the deliberation you see mark with the the old school uh play there and yeah we'll, we'll certainly be getting into uh how mark is uh you know old school to a t um did you want to get into the next person that you had? Uh, yeah. So, so the next male, Josh, I was so excited to see was Alton. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, if you go back and you look at some highlights from his other seasons, when he's in an elimination and he was, you know, in one of the, you know, original seasons that had eliminations. I mean, this is a guy that you could not take down. He is absolutely shredded and you know it's kind of like you know retired basketball players that could still play in the nba just because they're so shredded and this is a guy like we're talking about the seniors tour here but he certainly doesn't fit the bill like to me alton is the type of athlete that could play on current challenge seasons and that's why i was excited to see him because you know to me this is a guy who has like a very high win potential and you bring up someone who could be on a current challenge season and they're hoping, and I know a lot of fans are hoping as well, that they take some people from the OG and the all-star season and put them on a future challenge season. And I couldn't agree more. I think Alton is somebody who could make the transition to, um, to the challenge proper and really make some noise on a season. He's done it in the past and he's great TV. He's made three finals. He's entertaining as hell. There is, I, I love that he was cast on this season. Um, my two males, um, I have Derek Kaczynski. Derek is right up there with Mark for a reason why this season happened. Um, as a lot of challenge fans know, Derek has, the Challenge Mania podcast that he co-hosts with Scott Yeager. And Derek loves the challenge, obviously. Um, but this guy, I mean, even if you don't listen to their podcasts, if you watch Derek in Elimination, he has zero quit. The uh, Elimination and Vendettas is arguably, in my opinion, certainly, the hardest-fought elimination in the history of the show against Joss. Uh, with the hanging figure eight, crazy eight. Um, I'm very happy for him to be back. He's newly engaged, so it's a new stage of his life. And uh, I think he's a top uh, winner pick. He's my winner pick, uh, in my opinion, for this season. And then I have Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah. Uh, so, oh. Sorry, you mean, you mean Tenderoni. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I have Tenderoni. Um, we had Tenderoni on to recap the premiere of the Challenge 36. 
And um, he's just a very, very good guy. We really enjoyed having him on. And he doesn't play in these games either. Like, he is going to uh, be able to hang with the best of them. He's only done a few challenges, but he is a champ. He's won. And he is somebody I'm really excited to see play an individual game. And, you know, he's best friends with Wes Bergman. And I'm sure Wes helped him with a thing or two and helped him with all types of challenges that it seems like they're taking challenges from challenge proper and putting them on the all-stars, you know, and I I'm sure he benefited from uh, some advice from a guy who has been just getting the call and going on the show. So those are, those are my two males that I'm looking forward to watching on this season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And those are two great picks and people I'm excited to see. I mean, really this whole cast, I'm just so excited to see. So uh, I, I can't wait to get into the show with you, but I know we want to talk about some females that we're also very excited to see. And I guess I'll start it off by talking about Beth, who when I went back and started watching old seasons, I mean, this girl could not stay out of the drama. And, you know, she said on the show, you know, women never like her. But I do feel like the arc of Beth throughout the challenge seasons is a little bit of a redemption story from her being somebody who was, you know, criticized and never wanted to be worked with to her battling her way through challenges and becoming a real force. And even the fact that she's on the season goes to show me that she is a, you know, a monumental person in the history of the show. Um, I know we go back and I, I believe there was a season back in the day where all of her clothes ended up in the pool and i think that was a very classic moment for og challenge fans so i'm excited to see her yeah uh beth is someone who's polarizing like you said you're not going to get your dry or manufactured drama with any of these people uh but especially beth beth will tell you how it is um it doesn't matter if she's 22 on the challenge or 52 on the challenge <laughs> she if she doesn't like you she's not going to fake it uh, and that's something I love uh, in my reality television. So I'm very excited to see Beth here on All Stars. For sure. And, and then my second person is actually Anissa. And I know that, you know, people who are fans of this podcast and maybe not OG Challenge fans are familiar with Anissa. But, you know, watching her, I finally feel like she's found her place. You know, we, the last few seasons we see her on the challenge and I've, I've consistently had the question, you know, as to be as nice as possible. Like, why does she want to keep doing this? Like, why, why does she want to be on the regular tour of the challenge when maybe she's not, you know, the most athletic person and, you know, maybe a little bit past her prime in terms of her ability to succeed on the show. And it was almost like, maybe the seniors tour or we're going to call it the OGs or the all-stars was created for somebody like Anissa where she may be more on par with some of her competitors. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do here. If any of the all-stars are listening to this, it's the all-stars. I know John was joking, but I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I'm very excited for Anissa here. She has, this is where the experience comes so much into play, right? Anissa knows all these people. She doesn't just know them. She just finished a season with Darrell, uh, not even probably a couple months based on timeline. I don't really know. Um, but she she knows these people way back. She's very close with Derek. She's close with Darrell. 
Uh, she's close with Katie, Hasella. She has a lot of friends on this cast. I just want to see this girl make a goddamn final. And I'm so sick of people on this show not letting her show her worth in a final. So I want to see her make this final and put the haters to rest. Yeah. And what I will say is that, you know, if we're going to just blend the two shows for a second, because we just saw Anissa leave double agents, you know, one of the last things we heard in the last couple of weeks was Nanny on double agents saying the difference between Anissa and I is I make real relationships and Anissa makes strategic relationships. And I'm curious if maybe that was something that could potentially change here with, you know, more of her contemporaries that she knew from back in the day where she has these real relationships already. So she doesn't have to worry as much about being all strategy all the time. And that could benefit her political game. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And, you know, she does have these real relationships with these people. You know, she, she talks to a lot of them still, even though they haven't been on challenges until now. Um, so I, I can really see her real genuine relationships being in play here. Um, as far as my females that I'm excited to see, um, we, myself, Austin and Corey are huge Jemmy fans. We are so excited that Jemmy's back. I think for a lot of reasons, uh, just like Beth, Jemmy does not fake it at all on any of her seasons. If she hates you, she hates you. And if she loves you, she loves you. Like there, there's no gray area with her. There's nothing. Like you, you know where you stand with her. Um, I think something else that's going to be very nice, um, at least from you know the OG challenge fans to see, and something that I think can you know definitely be beautiful on this season is you know her storylines with the late Ryan Knight and. Um, you know, being able to tell stories with people who are remembered in the challenge family, I think she'll have plenty of time to talk about night. And a lot of the people there will talk about DM Brown as well. So I think those storylines for old school challenge fans are going to be great to see. And I think they will be highlighted. So for those reasons, I'm, you know, very excited for Jemmy. I know they're two completely different <laughs> ends of the spectrum, but with her drama and then with her, uh, you know, relationship and friendship with Ryan Knight, I think it's going to be uh, a great season for her. Yeah. And she kicked some ass in the water challenge, you know, during this episode. So that was really exciting to see. So I can't wait to see what we see from her. And look, she said she wasn't coming on to play games this season. Like she came on to kick some ass and she certainly did that. And my last female, um, since we each picked two, um, is Kendall. And I'm very excited about Kendall. She won the Inferno, only uh, did one season. But you know what? There are some people who have done a ton of seasons, and I'm not one. And Kendall did one and one. Um, I'm stoked for her to be back. A lot of these people are in different places in their lives, married, kids, the whole deal. And I think this is a great spot for Kendall and she's got Darrell with her from, uh, you know, their campus, their road rule campus crawl season. And they also won the Inferno together. So I think she's going to have people in her corner this season. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how she does. Yeah. And I think she also won with Katie 
and she played with Trishel and Cyrus. So she actually knows some people as well. Yes, she, you know, she definitely has some connections. It's just, it's a huge web at this yeah. point in the game with yeah. uh, who knows who. I mean, you just mentioned Trishel and Katie. Those are two people who were bridesmaids in each other's weddings. So, wow. like, we're talking about real life outside of the challenge relationships here. Um, but, you know, we just wanted to outline that for our listeners since, you know, we're we're going into a season with past seasons, past relationships, and it's important to note. Um, but we get this truck scene, and it is amazing. Er, out of the bus and I'm loving it. It is so amazing. Everybody is coming out and you, you may want to just say that one more time just to cut out the uh the noise oh, again. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um we we get the bus scene and it is perfect. It starts with Katie Doyle and she we've got the scene of her and Veronica fighting. Um and she says she's much calmer now. Um and she's great. I love Katie and my other favorite one was uh, Mark Long saying, "As a 52-year-old man, I'm still six foot three and a half, 220 pounds. I have a size 15 shoe, and I'm ready to shove it up someone's ass." And you could tell he was just shot out of a cannon. Um, I love, yeah. I love so, these intros. Oh, it was so great! And could you imagine if like Mark Long shows up to the challenge and he's just like super lanky and like not in shape? Like that doesn't work. Like this is guy. This is a guy who is the representation of your season, and you know he just shows he's in great shape. So I'm not going to gush about Mark too much longer, but I will say that it was so cool. It's the beginning to any of these seasons, whether it's Survivor, or the Challenge, any of them that get you so hyped up, especially on an All Star season. All returning players, when you start thinking about the relationships, you almost put yourself as a fan like you're on that bus you know driving up and you start thinking about all the possibilities the ways that this season can go down and it just makes you nervous and there's just so much anticipation at the same time so that is what is so much fun right as you're about to start the challenge nerves anticipation excitement laughter for sure um i just had so much fun with these first couple minutes and, you know, they all walk down and they're sitting in front of TJ on their stumps. And when it gets revealed that one person is winning $500,000, first of all, my blood boiled at this. And I want to get your take on this as a reality TV fan. For the challenge, I do not think there needs to be a male and a female winner because these finals are all different. There is no way to balance a final so that it's anybody's taking. I, I think it's too unbalanced towards the men. Um, and I just felt like they could have had one male and one female. That was my take on it. Yeah, for sure. And, and I can give you my on-air answer and my off-air answer while we're recording. So for the listeners, uh, you'll get the extra the extra footage here. But I'm just going to say, like, you know, my 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 polite PC answer is yes, you're right. That's exactly what they should do. My real answer is, do you really trust the challenge not to change their rules partway through the season? Like, it's so hard at this point after seeing everything that's happened the last you know few years to to really just take TJ's word for what it is and 
like there's a certain point where halfway through they may realize that they need to have a male and female winner and somehow the stakes get changed a little bit so i'm not going to take that too personally at this point i do want to see how it plays out but i what i would say josh is like if if it's the final if it's a few months from now and we see that a male is just kicking ass and the females don't stand a chance then is the point where we could say yeah that wasn't cool yeah i agree with that and you're right i mean it, there's been a lot of talk on 36 right now that conveniently every time CT's in trouble, it's been a girl elimination. Um, so people are, you know, questioning if it's really TJ making, uh, you know, making trickery or if it's production wants CT to win. Um, but I, I can see where you're coming from with that. And and Josh, should we have had Johnny Mosley as the host of this one and not TJ? Maybe that would have been the right answer. Maybe. Yeah, that that might have helped. <laughs> that might have helped for sure. We uh we get this house that they're all sprinting into uh at their all-star pace, I will add. Um anything stick out to you? Uh cuz sometimes there are houses that are really beautiful. Um to me, this is a nice house, but nothing, you know, too crazy. Yeah, I feel like this is like uh like almost like a cottage, like something that you would like rent with your uh with your friends maybe for like a few nights in the summer and then you have a lake with some boats and it, it didn't necessarily feel mansiony, but what I would say is that, you know, it, you're probably like us where when you heard about this season, you go back and you start watching some of the older seasons of the challenge to, you know, brush up on some of these contestants and I really just fell in love with all of the beautiful locations and mansions that they had, you know, earlier on, uh, you know, recently we've had some cold seasons on the regular version of the challenge. And, and I really feel like the challenge should have these beautiful houses where, where people are living in luxury and it should be that contrast between you're going to like dig your heels in the ground to do everything you can to get dirty, to win the challenge. But when you're back at the house for the political game, you're in this beautiful house. And I think that contrast works really well in these shows. So I always encourage for this season and future seasons, really like, you know, upping the luxury, I think makes a difference in the overall quality of the show. I, John, I couldn't have said it better. And this is why you're here. That was phenomenal. And I do agree because when they're in a nice house and they're drinking, we get more drama, we get more entertainment. And we, the reason why they're, when the seasons are in boring houses or not even a house, they're in a goddamn bunker um, and there's no entertainment, it's because of that. It's because they're miserable and they don't want to have fun. And I think this house will serve its purpose. There will be enough. Um, you know, it'll be nice enough. They're definitely getting alcohol. They're going to have their fun. Um, and I think this is going to be good. Uh, I think it's going to be a nice location that they're in. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, but before we get to the daily, there was one conversation I really, uh, it still sticks out to me in my uh, one watch through the premiere. We had Nehemiah, uh, LT, and Cyrus talking outside. And Nehemiah's talking about how, you know, you really got to focus on the political game since it's individual. And LT says how, you know, he hasn't been really thinking about that and how he probably should have. And John, my 
my whole thing with this is, you know, obviously these people have their lives they're leading and families and all this stuff. In in my opinion, I think we're going to have crazy political moves this season because some people may not know what they're doing politically. And some people are just going to be like, you know what? I may have been friendly with this person, but there's $500,000. I haven't been able to play for this money before. So I don't care about their friendship. I'm voting them in. Um, what do you think about this season and the way the political game is going to go down? Yeah, so it, it's really fascinating. Th- this is the part for me that I, I really enjoy watching because I do think that there is a major difference between um, social deception and, you know, what, what we're calling political game. Because, you know, if you're watching the challenge the last few seasons and you see, you know, political moves that somebody like Wes makes, you know, like he, you almost picture Wes with with his chessboard and it's okay if I move this piece here, then this piece will go there. I don't know that we're going to get that much of this, you know, this season, like that much of that. So like we may get that with somebody like Anissa. Um, I know Darrell is not particularly strategic in, in, in his history, but he's been on more recent shows. So what I would say is like the more recent contestants may be more likely to pull that off. But I do think social deception is something that's going to happen. And it reminds me a lot, you know, for those who aren't Survivor fans, I apologize, but it reminds me a lot of the original All-Stars for Survivor, where you had all of these people coming back for the first time. And they, you know, they'd all become friends by going to all these charity events. They know each other from different seasons. And the length of time that these people have known each other before they go on the show and start screwing each other over really cuts a lot deeper than when you're meeting somebody on the challenge for the first time. So I think, you know, at the first chance somebody gets, we didn't see this episode because the elimination was fairly straightforward, but the first chance somebody gets to really blindside somebody to go into elimination, I think that's the point where it's like, wow, I've known you for 15 years and you're going to do this to me. And that's the part that I think is the most interesting and why people may walk away from the season feeling very hurt compared to other challenges. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, yes, these people, they are getting paid to come on. They they certainly are getting a check to come on the show. But um, a lot of these contestants, aside from Darrell, Anissa, Jemmy, um, there's certainly a few other, Derek, there's a couple others who have played for this kind of money. But a lot of these people back in the day, They were playing for like 250, 300 grand split eight ways. Okay. So they were doing some shady stuff back then. So you can only imagine for winner take all 500 grand, what they're going to do. And you're right. We didn't have it in the premiere, but I'm looking forward to seeing a a lot of drama. And I think we're going to get it for sure. We, uh, we head to the first daily of the season. We're seeing a bunch of uh, math equations, some squares floating in the uh, in the lake, and uh, they have to solve an equation of uh, you know it's two teams of eleven. They have to solve an equation, and the bigger the number, the further and deeper they have to swim to get the puzzle piece. Each person on the team must dive once. And if you can't get a piece, you can swim back and take a five-minute penalty. Um, I, I, If you took a shot for every time there was a five-minute penalty, you would have been blacked out last night uh, or this morning when the episode aired at uh, 3 a.m. Eastern. But, John, was this more of a uh, 
you know, we haven't been on the challenge in a while. Like, what what did you make of all of these penalties, left, right, and center? I mean, this was crazy. I, I think this was, yeah, and I, I sincerely apologize to anyone who was on the show or any alumni who are listening right now. Tune me out for five minutes, but I'm just going to say that uh, this was like watching, if you took all the uh, Olympic competitors from the Olympics of 2004 and put them in the Olympics now. Like they're not, <laughs> this is not good guys. This is not fun. Um, I, I, this was probably my least enjoyable part of this episode. It was really fun to see who was going to succeed, but watching people consistently fail wasn't great. And even worse, and I know this is something that TJ always hates, he's hated it from the moment he's taken over uh, the hosting duties of the show, is people going in the water and being like, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was going to be this crazy. And that's my only worry for the development of this season is like, are these people like, you know, at a certain point in their lives where they don't need this show, you know, they don't need to do it. It's fun. It's cool. They're not, you know, at the beginning of their careers where they're trying to become social media stars or, you know, make a long, you know, 10 year runs on the challenge. You know, these are people who are married and have kids and the money sounds great, but maybe it's just not, not enough. And I worry that we're not going to get everybody's full potential. And what we're going to see for at least the first half of the season, Josh, is we're going to be, you know, weeding out all the people who don't care enough to be there. There are some people that it could be $3 on the line, but if they could win a challenge championship, that's what they want. For some people on this cast, it's the title. For other people, it's like, you put me in this house for 500 grand, I'll do whatever to anybody. Um, but you make a great point. I think that we could see, if, and I think this will get renewed, even after one episode of watching it. Um, if there is a future All-Stars, I want to see what happens if they put this thing at a million dollars and see what these people do to each other. Um, I, I love it. You know, the react like the the backstabbing, the the voting against each other. I, I would love to see what happens. But that's the best part, Josh. That's that that yeah. is the best part. It's the the social dynamics, the political game of all these people who've known each other for 20 years. That is the most interesting part. That is why we love reality TV. It's the mm -hmm. challenges that I'm not blaming the show for this, but what I'm saying is is like the the people that they cast on the show, they needed to make sure that these people were willing to dig deep in order to do, you know, in order to be incentivized to do these challenges. And I know back in the day, there used to be a thing where it was like, if you won an individual challenge, you put some money in your bank account. And maybe they're missing that incentive where it's like, okay, the best performer on this team will earn some money for themselves. And I worry that that's a little bit of a disconnect. That's a really good point. Maybe they add that mechanic in the future. I think that's a very, very good idea. MTV producers, perk the ears up. Um, we, we do get TJ, um, at the beginning of this, uh, this daily, I, I didn't want to exclude this part cause I, I was very, uh, interested here. TJ says, uh, you need to pick two captains per team, a male and a female captain. In my mind, I went straight to losing team captains or going in. Um, and I'm not just saying this results oriented. That's where my mind went. Um, were you were you in the same boat here? Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So 
we get Latarian and Kellyanne for Copper and uh, Gisela and Tech, or Hisela and Tech, excuse me, uh, for Silver. And in my opinion, you're looking at Copper. They've got Mark Long. They've got Derek. They have Kellyanne, John A. This team, Anissa, this team is stacked. Did, did I miss something? How did they pick these teams? I don't understand. It was just they pulled names out of a hat? Yeah, TJ said it was random. Um, it certainly sucks to be on the other team against Derek and Mark Long in like 90% of challenges ever made. Um, they said it was random. There are a lot of people that are friends on these teams. So maybe it was schoolyard pick. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, th- this If there was a schoolyard pick... Uh, Definitely a mistake on the producer's part not to show us how that went down, especially on Paramount Plus. You have that extra time. You're not worried about the commercials and everything. Show us the schoolyard pick. That is interesting for us. Uh, but if it was, you know, completely at random, um, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why you would do that. I think that this this show, if it's going back to its roots you know, go into, you know, over a certain number of challenges and under a certain number of challenges, like vets and rookies, like they used to, or road rules and, and, uh, and the real world, like do something cool to divide the teams in a way that's more interesting for the viewer than just like, this is copper and this is silver for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And it was also kind of hard to, you know, differentiate who's on what team when they're constantly going in the water. Um, but I will say someone who stood out to me a lot, um, was yes. Uh, they started the math and he went to work like no other. Um, and they're, you know, yes, it seems to have really been taking the role along with Hisella and Trishel on the math on their team. They're killing it. Um, and Silver, everybody's taking penalties. And I'm just wondering, were those blocks, it looked like they were heavy because even Darrell, um, I think we had a Darrell confessional saying how the blocks were, they were no joke. And Derek was saying that too. Um, Do you think it was more the dive or was it the block having to get the block out of the water as well? I think it was probably getting the block out of the water. I mean, I know some people like were like, oh, the water's too cold. So we'll just ignore those people for a second. (laughs) But I think it was the dive. I think it was not necessarily... Uh, sorry, I was going to say, I think it was the block. I, I don't think it was just the dive. I think that most of these people preparing to go on to the challenge knew how to dive. I don't think that was the the real issue here. But you said something really interesting to me, which is yes. Um, and he stood out to me probably more than anyone else. I'm sure everyone else who was watching this saw the same thing. But when he talks about him being an architect and, you know, only being on a challenge 18 years ago and most people don't remember him, uh, you know, that's the type of confessional that I'm like, okay, something stood out for me there. You know, being a math champ, being able to do these things. Um, I wonder if this is the type of thing where he ends up being an early target because he's so out there with his ability to do things and doesn't necessarily have the connections that some of these other people do. Or are we potentially looking at someone who is an underrated winner down the road? I think he is somebody to watch. I I really agree with you. You know, everybody coming into this, it's like the rock chalk. And I'm I'm a victim of the rock chalk. The three picks, the three rock chalk picks, Derek, Mark Long, and Darrell. Um, but I mean, we're seeing yes solve this math like it's nothing. Nothing. He is 
He's going through the math, no problem. He's taking a couple swims, getting a casual block for his team. He's doing great. So I, I could definitely see him being somebody who, if he can navigate the social part of the game, he could do really well in a final. I know it might be jumping the gun, but the guy looks in shape, and I could see it. What? Why not? Right? And uh, it was it was good to see him do really well. And a lot of the all stars were talking about another person who, in my opinion, not only MVP of the challenge but MVP of the episode. Hasella did a phenomenal job in the challenge, getting two blocks by herself, and then. Just throughout the episode, she falls out of the out of the bus in the beginning, um, which was amazing. She does a great job in the challenge, and then she stands her ground uh, in the elimination that we'll certainly talk about. But what did you make of Hasella? You know, having this long break, comes back and is all over the screen, all over everything in these first couple of days of Challenge All Stars. Yeah, I think the producers love redemption stories. I know that there is, you know, more of an arc, you know, if you're going to get into details about, you know, all of the seasons between now and then. But I believe they showed a um, elimination in, I believe it was the Gauntlet, the Gauntlet 2, where Ruthie was team captain against Hisella and just pulls her out of the they were doing some type of tug of war and pulls her out of the ring and th that's you know she went home very early in that season and i think it was one of those people where you see how tj like at the beginning of most of the regular challenge seasons now when someone's new and not great it's like ah maybe we'll see you another time maybe we'll see you around but but with hasella like she went and trained and got better and became a better competitor and has shown her willingness to really take this thing seriously. She kicks some ass as well during the show. So uh, during this episode. So Josh, I am so with you. I was very impressed by her. Absolutely. It was a really great job by her. And we end up finding out that Hassel and Tech's team wins, um, which is the, I'm sorry, I'm getting my colors, uh, silver team. Um, <laughs> Like I said, it's uh, it's a little complicated. Who was on? Why, why silver and copper? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Why is that are those challenge colors? Like I don't understand. Why not like blue and red or something like that? Like why? Why? Yeah, because poor Darrell pulls the wrong color uh, when he exerts all that energy to go down. Like yeah, I agree. They should have just done like red and blue or something so easy that they. <laughs> it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. But they win, and we hear from TJ that the team captains on the winning team are safe. So Tech is safe from elimination, and Hasella receives the lifesaver, which used to be an old game mechanic uh, back in the older seasons of the challenge, meaning if someone gets voted into elimination, she can use it to save them. And um, we hear that the losing team captain... Uh, immediately is voted in and that means Letarian is going in and they go back to the house to determine who will be going against Letarian. John, let me just start with you here. The, the game mechanic of the lifesaver, I do think adds a nice wrinkle. Um, but boy, can it come back and blow up in your face? If you save one friend who might be on the bottom socially and everyone just wanted them to go in. You save them. That can paint you a target. But what do you what do you make of this uh, wrinkle that TJ added in the season? 
Yeah, so I want to see how it's going to play out. Is it always when it is a male elimination that the female captain on the winning team gets the lifesaver and then vice versa? That is a great question. I yeah. don't know for sure. Because but... I think I think in the older seasons, from what I've seen, when you got the lifesaver at times or whatever they called it, they had different variations of the lifesaver. Mm-hmm. You could put yourself into elimination if you want to. Because if like for whatever reason, and there's no gold skull thing here, but if you wanted to go into elimination for whatever reason and take somebody out of the game, you could by having a lifesaver in previous shows. But if it's always the person of the opposite sex that has the lifesaver, that eliminates that possibility, which is less interesting for me. Yeah, I look, I, I see where you're coming from with that. And that's something I did not think about. So um, I think next week we'll be able to tell more, potentially the third episode. I think the third episode will get the whole picture because by then a guy and a girl should have lifesavers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. We get Letarian back at the house saying he wants Ace and uh, we cut to him in confessional. He says, look, I've, I've known some of these people for years. I've known Ace for 24 hours. To me, that's a safe move, right? You don't need to rock the boat. You've been there a couple days. And Latarian's a huge dude. Like, of course, he didn't know what the elimination would be, but it pays off that he takes somebody like Ace. I know Ace was on the real world Paris with CT. Um, Ace seems like a good guy, but I think this was a good move for Latarian. Uh, what did you make of this, you know, before the deliberation starts? So this was interesting. I mean, this was the point of the show where we were going to know how the gameplay was going to you know, start rolling this season. Is it going to be a thing where people are going to start to scheme and try and get somebody voted into elimination? Or are we going to go back to the old school thing of the person in elimination choosing who they want to go up against? And I remember, you know, from we were talking about Mark Long and, you know, the original Battle of the Sexes seasons where the males dominated the women in the show. And, and, you know, that was problematic looking back on it for other reasons. But the truth is that the political game the men were playing at the time was basically no matter what happens, no matter what the scores are, we're always going to vote out the weakest male. Like they had it determined, like this was their strategy. Whereas there was a lot of infighting with the women. And you saw this during, you know, the original single digit number seasons of the challenge, every single season, there was two teams, the teams that had the more concrete determined strategies always ended up coming through with more, you know, with more players and better players and made it through to the final. And right away, you see that the strategy that's going to be is the person who is going in, the captain who's going to go into elimination is going to choose who they want to go up against. And we see people like Mark and like the original saying, yep, that's what's going to happen. That's what we all agree upon. And right away, we're getting very old school strategy. So for me, this was really interesting. So we're getting old school strategy. I will 100% agree with you there. But when you start to see some of the new schoolers on losing teams, I think it's going to flip. Because the reason I bring this up is um, the Challenge Aftermath hosted by Devin Simone. They do it for double agents, and they also have been doing them on Paramount Plus for All-Stars. And they had Beth, Derek, Hasella, 
Um, who else was on it? Beth, Derek, Hasella. How am I forgetting? Um, okay, I'm not sure. Um, but there were two other people there, and I feel bad that I forgot. But anyway, um, they were talking that the um, they were not going to put in anyone on the losing team. So they said that it was between Ace and Cyrus, and too many people in this game know and are friends with Cyrus. But to me, if you start having like Derek, Mark Long, Anissa, Jarrell, if they're on losing teams, they're not going to put up with that. They're not going to want to go into elimination. These people who have played in the more new schooler seasons, they're going to try and push the gameplay towards forget if you were on a team with someone. If they don't help your game, vote them in. Um, so I, I think I think it'll be this new school idea as the game moves on because the numbers are going to dwindle and it's going to get harder to make these moves. That's at least how I see it. Um, yeah, like I do wonder if we're going to get a little bit of a Boston Rob effect oh, where boy, it's no. yeah, where it's like you have somebody who, you know, for the non-survivor fans, for somebody who is just dominated old school strategy and is trying to apply it in a new school game and it just doesn't go great because people just end up getting frustrated. So I think it's possible that Josh, you're completely right that this is something we see in episodes two, three, four, and then eventually enough is enough. We want this person to go in. They're going in. I don't care who you want to go up against. I agree. I, I do see it being that way. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes uh, moving forward with these deliberations. But I got to be honest, I didn't take much away from the celebration. Uh, you know, Ace got piled on. Nobody was going to rock the boat. And uh, they cut right to the elimination after that. And we see a pit. There's nothing in there. Uh, we learned from Kyle during Double Agents, if there's a pit and there's nothing there, it's going to be a physical elimination. And uh, I thought it was going to be Paul Russell to start. And it certainly was that. Uh, when you found out it was Paul Russell, who did you give the edge to in this elimination? Uh, it was really hard to say. I mean, I think Latarian. I, I mean, it's easier said than than done. But you uh, like said now that we've seen it. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just there's been some really cool eliminations in the last few years. I'm not sure what they're restricted to build given COVID because we saw on double agents, they basically repeated the same three or four eliminations and different variations of them at times. Uh, whereas over the last few seasons, they've expanded and, and, and done some really cool things. So for me, like, I was just like ready to see how it played out. I didn't know that I was, I favored one competitor completely, but I just was hoping that we saw something cool and different. Um, but it seems like they're going to go back to some old school stuff and that's okay too. Yeah, I would agree. I think they're going to do old school stuff. They're going to try and bring nostalgia back and have people do eliminations that, you know, either they themselves have done in the past try and get redemption arcs like you mentioned earlier in this recap with certain people um like Derek has lost the pole wrestle in the past if they do multiple pole wrestles this season maybe Derek just throws himself down there to try to win uh there are people who 
love this game that much that they would do that. Would you have liked to have seen them spin a wheel like they used to do to decide what the elimination was going to be? You know what? That would be in like different categories as far as like. Uh, what- yeah, I think in the old seasons, they used to like have, you know, five or six different challenges that yeah. were going to be the eliminations. And then the people that were going in would spin the wheel and then they would know in advance what they were playing. Yeah, I, I think that would be cool because, um, you know, with especially these competitors, like they know each other backwards and forwards, you know, they know who's going to beat who and what type of elimination. So it, it would be cool to have that uh, little piece of, you know, uh, random and unknown, even going into the elimination. I think I think that would be really cool. Um, what I loved here, uh, Latarian dominates, but he doesn't know what a pole wrestle is. Like as CJ's explaining it, he says it under his breath. Um, based on his performance, you would think he practices at home uh, with uh, how dominant he was against Ace. Um, and he Ace also under his breath when uh, when he finds out that it's a pole wrestle says "f you guys" because <laughs> I I think he you know. I don't think he was counting himself out already, but Latarian, like we've said, he's a chiseled guy. He's big. Uh, he's tough. And we even get the, the confessional from Jemmy. Uh, LT hasn't smiled since we've been here, but he heard it was a physical elimination and he smiled. Uh, and for him, it, it works. You know, he's definitely a, a physical guy and, like Anissa said, he he flushed Ace like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like Ace calling everyone monsters in the deliberation and then elimination and stuff. Like to me, uh, nobody's a monster here. We're all just yeah. playing a game, and it's and it's fine. And he probably was joking, but uh, yeah, I think that he probably went into this and s- said like, "Oh crap, I can't believe that this is going to be the way. I'm going to be the first person to go. Nobody wants to be the first person to go on an all-star season. So it sucks. Ace, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, this, this challenge looked like it was made for LT and he got lucky with it. So I hope that we see, you know, LT come back from this and, and really, you know, extend his stay on the challenge a lot longer. And look, he is a very good friend of Mark Long's. Um, there were some, preseason videos of like who are you most excited and least excited um and ace's most excited was mark long um and the reason i bring up this video in the least excited uh hasella said the person i'm least excited to see is ace and lo and behold she has the lifesaver to save ace and they run the clip back of ace saying how hasella was dead weight and saying how karma is going to come back and bite you so it's all full circle how, yes, your relationships can help, but they can also hurt you. And, uh, I mean, it was too early to rock the boat anyway. But, you know, seeing those clips, it's just like, Hassel is not going to use it. Come on. Yeah, and that's one of the best things about this show. It's that it doesn't feel unnatural for them to go back and be very meta and go watch these clips. Like, that is a staple of the challenge that they're self-referential. They used to have, I mean, they still do, some some eliminations and games that talk about previous seasons. And I just think it is wonderful when you can do that because for all of the new viewers, they get to know these people a lot better when you do something like that. So props to the challenge for finding that moment and going right back to it. Certainly. It was, it was really, uh, it was really nice to see, you know, these old clips and the relationships. I think we're going to get that throughout the whole season. 
And we really, we saw it there uh, on display. And th there are so many interconnecting webs of people who've dated, friends, all this stuff. So it, it's going to be cool to see. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. I'm hoping we get to talk to some of these people who got to be on the season. Um, I am so thankful for Mark Long, even though we both thanked him like three times each during this podcast. Um, but this, I'm going to come out and say it. This was the most entertaining challenge episode, even better than any in Total Madness or better than Double Agents. And they've all both aired in their entirety almost. Uh, this one episode of 45 minutes, not even an hour and a half, I loved it. There, it was great. You know, it gave me everything I need from the challenge. And as a reality TV viewer, I loved it. John, how how much did you enjoy it? Are you are you pumped for the rest of the season? Any predictions? I'm really pumped. I, I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. I am I have a probably a little bit more trepidation than you do. I know that you were very excited. I know you're more of an OG challenge fan than I am, so I could certainly understand the nostalgia. I knew during Winners at War Survivor, like, don't talk to me. Like this this is on, like nobody's talking yeah. to me. This is the greatest thing in the entire world. Um, <laughs> so so for this season, I could certainly understand anyone who is in love with the challenge. This is a huge deal. So you must be very excited to see what's going to happen. I'm taking baby steps. I'm watching it. I want to see where this is going to develop. I did see, you know, we, we saw some old school gameplay. The party was really fun. It was nice to see a party considering what oh, we see on Double Agents. I, How great was it to see people actually partying? John, thank you. I had that in my notes and I skipped it. So I do want to address that. The party was amazing. Also, they didn't show Jemmy as much, but she was dressed like Rachel from Friends, and it was so funny. Um, everybody was like great outfits. It was so fun. You could tell Ace was getting over being voted in. He was like, oh, I thought I had to dress like the 1890s. Like, I thought that was a nice little moment. That was great. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, why don't we have this on the, on the other challenge? I know there's yeah. COVID and stuff, but um, but this is this is so great to see this, even if they're just partying in their house every week. Uh, these challengers, if there's one thing that they're known for, they're known for their parties. So this is wonderful to see. I hope we get some drama and uh, really, you know, crazy, maybe fights, maybe hookups. Who knows? from all this stuff that we're going to see this season. I do want to ask you, Josh, before we finish the evening, was there anyone that you really felt was missing from the cast list that you really wanted to see on the OG challenge? Um, you know, I'm not going to say who to take off, but who would you wish was added to this cast that we didn't get? So I have two girls that I don't know. I believe they were asked and they either turned down or couldn't. And I have one male who I believe flew out to Argentina. And then I guess they either changed their mind or I actually have three females. I'm sorry. So Rachel and Veronica, Rachel Robinson and Veronica. The um, threesome, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and I was going to say Abe. So there you go. Um, I, the three of them, I honestly thought that they would be on an OG season um, I thought, you know, Veronica has won three times. Rachel is a beast and is a trainer in her personal life now. Uh, her and her wife have two kids. So I'm sure it would have been very difficult even for a shorter season to leave. Um, Abram was always so funny to me. And 
He's now uh, married and uh, I believe expecting a child soon. And then the one other female is Cook. Cook was partners with Kara on Rivals 2. They made the final. Um, Cook is a beast competitor as well. I cannot believe that she's not been on another season. She was an alternate. She did fly to Argentina for the season, did not get picked, and uh, it's a shame. But that girl is very, very good at the game, and I wish she was on a season, whether it's Challenge Proper or All-Stars. John, do you have anybody you wish uh, was on the show? Uh, uh, I do. I mean, I, I don't know if this was even realistic at all, but I don't know that you can do the OG season properly without having the Miz there just because of, oh. you know, h- how, you know, big he became after the show and his, his, you know, wrestling career and his popularity and stuff. But he was, you know, he was just Mike from the challenge back in the day. Um, and I think that, you know, during the Mark Long seasons, you know, back then, it was really the Miz and Mark Long were, were two of the people that you knew the best before you knew Wes and Bananas and all these people. So I feel like um, he's definitely somebody that I would have loved to have seen. And then uh, Coral, I think, would have been really cool. Um, you know, she was a big part of the, you know, a lot of those seasons, and she would come back multiple seasons in a row, the similar way that you see like a Bananas now, where it was like everybody knew Coral was there. And I think that she would have been really cool to see as well yeah i believe so of the girls we talked about i think coral got asked veronica and rachel and it was either like a money situation or family situation um but i i completely agree i wish and the miz i think it's just his career is blown up um if they do an all-stars too and they raise the stakes i sure hope he's there because that would be amazing to see him back in the mix with all these people. Um, I well, think you, you want to talk about ratings, bring the Miz on there. You're going to get yeah. crazy ratings. Yeah. The crazy ratings. And uh, it, it would be awesome. Um, before we close out the show, I do want to mention one thing. Um, we tweeted it out on our uh, Riala underscore T pod uh, page on Twitter um, there is a challenger, if you've watched War of the Worlds of One, named Ashley Kane, who has a beautiful daughter, Azalea, who is suffering from a very, very rare form of leukemia, I believe it is. And they've had to, um, she's had to be in the hospital for the entirety of COVID and has had a really tough time uh, with everything going on in her life. Their family's done a phenomenal job supporting them. And Ashley actually started a GoFundMe. We retweeted it on our account. If you follow Ashley Kane, also known as Beast, um, please, you know, consider if you're able to donating to the GoFundMe. They've already said that they're going to donate anything that goes over their uh, necessary goal for her surgeries and procedures to other kids with cancer in the UK. Uh, So it's a very worthy cause. And, um, you know, we certainly hope that uh, Azalea will get better. They actually, it's incredible. They raised over a million dollars in a day um, for childhood cancer. So um, it's incredible what they did. If you're able to, please consider donating during this time. Um, John, thank you so incredibly much for coming on. I know you enjoyed the premiere as much as I did. We had a great time recapping it. 
please tell the listeners where they can check you out, uh, listen to your podcast and everything that you've got going on. Well, thank you, Josh, uh, so much. And Austin and Corey, who aren't here, but thank you guys for having me back on. I didn't expect to be back on so soon, but I'm excited to do it. It's so much fun to get to talk about something else besides Saturday Night Live, uh, even though that is my true love and passion. If you watch that show on a Saturday night, uh, come join us for our roundtables. What I do at SNL Stats, that's the name of our podcast, is I speak to other podcasters from the SNL community, uh, journalists that cover the show, and super fans, people who are absolutely obsessed with all 46 seasons of Saturday Night Live. We invite them onto our roundtables every week to break down the show. We've had alumni, former cast members join us. It's been really fun to break down the sketches and talk about the history of the show. So that's been really amazing. If you want to follow us at SNL Stats on Twitter or Instagram to catch any of our shows, subscribe on YouTube. All our shows are on video or on any podcatcher as well. And if you want to reach out to me directly, and see my own takes on stuff, whether it's SNL or The Challenge or any reality TV, uh, you can follow me at John Schneider 24 on any platform. Uh, but also, just most importantly, keep checking out this podcast. It's really, really great. They cover The Challenge in such great detail and other reality shows and get to talk to alumni from all your favorite shows. So I couldn't recommend uh, reality TV podcasts anymore. John, that was really kind of you. And if you want the best SNL analysis, Hit the subscribe button. Listen to it after the episode airs. Uh, sometimes they go live even after the episode. So check John out. Um, just to give our social media plugs as well. Uh, like I said, you can find us on Twitter at Riala underscore T pod on Twitter and Riala T podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. We are, like I said, we are really hoping to get some of the all stars on our podcast moving forward. And we are hoping to continue to deliver all this amazing content. Uh, we're heading towards the end of Double Agents. So hopefully we get a good finish over there. And we look forward to keep on giving good episodes to you guys. And I hope all of you have a great weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.